Welcome to the Insight Through Experience podcast, created for those currently going through our operator training course and for others who are interested in thinking about joining the organization in future years. In this podcast, we're going to be bringing you some highly successful operators, leaders, and training specialists who are going to be revealing their tips, tools, and some techniques to help you achieve peak levels of performance. Now, sit back, take some notes, and use these experiences as stepping stones for your personal success. This is the Insight Through Experience Podcast. Let me start by saying welcome to all the listeners to the Insight Through Experience Podcast. Today we're going to be bringing you Steven. Steven is a combat controller. He came from the 2-3 STS and he just graduated OTC a couple of months ago. Not only did he graduate, he graduated number one, uh, which is an amazing feat. Um, for us, seeing Steven progress um, along his journey has been fantastic to watch. As he came through selection, he was probably honestly in the bottom third of, of his class that came through. And then to watch that progression and him achieve some peak levels of performance uh, coming through the processes been something that's really you can take a lot of information from a lot of tips from um, and also Stephen has some great perspective on uh, the spouse side of the equation here at the organization and the challenges that he has faced um, so far in his short stint here so anyway go ahead and sit back uh, get ready to take some notes and uh, listen to the podcast with Stephen appreciate you coming along All right, Steven, how are you doing today? Good, how about yourself? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for coming to do this with us. Uh, if you could just give the audience a summary of who Steven is, where you came from, and what was growing up like for you. All right. Um, Steven grew up in uh, California. I got one younger brother. Um, mostly grew up with my mom and went to high school, played sports all throughout, went to a year of college joined the Marine Corps, did that for four years, then um, finished up college for about a year while I was trying to get into the Air Force. Uh, joined the Air Force, um, started doing the combat control thing, uh, ended up at the 2-3, and um, then I dropped my package to assess and come up here. Let's talk about the Marine Corps real quick. What'd you do in the Marine Corps? Uh, infantry, and then um, transferred over to the Scout Sniper Platoon once I was there. How long did you do inside the Marine Corps? Years. Four years. Four years? Yes. Yeah, me too. Um, did you reflect back on your Marine Corps years, what comes to mind? Uh, a lot of discipline, a lot of wasted time standing around, but a uh, solid foundation in soldier, soldiering, basic soldiering. Yeah, I wish we could replicate that in ST, and I think we're starting to. I think we're figuring it out at the lower levels, but yeah, Marine Corps, what a great foundation of... When it comes to troop leading and everything else, yep. it's just phenomenal. Why the Air Force? Was there a gap in between? There, there was. Um, so I was looking at a couple different options when, um, funny story, like while I was in the Marine Corps, I wanted to go the MARSOC route, but because I was an NCO, I got B billeted. And that means you got to do recruiter or drill instructor, four years mandatory. And that wasn't the route I wanted to go. So I knew I wanted to do something. Uh, on a higher level. So I looked at the army, didn't really want to start over, go through the infantry or uh, special forces again. 
And then um, I had remembered on one of my deployments, I had ran into a combat controller, PJ, and um, TACP. And then I started looking into that route. So I decided to go with the Air Force. How did you look into that route? Recruiter? Did you go online? Like, what did you do to figure um, out? Online. I went to a recruiter. Recruiter didn't really know much about it. So it was a lot of self-research, uh, getting in, like, chat rooms and talking to guys who had gone the route or were pursuing it at the time as well. Uh, what was the transition like? Because I can remember it, I came in 94, and it was a shock. It was system. hard. So uh showed up to Lackland and... Um, I remember getting yelled at for yelling at people, and that was I was told that's not all right. What were you yelling at them about? So I got put in charge uh, right off the bat because I was a senior guy, and a couple E5 dudes. E five coming over. E four. E four. Yep. Check. So um, a couple of the guys were late to formation, and I started tuning them up like we <laughs> normally do. And uh, one of the MTIs came over, and um, was like, "You can't do that." So it was a culture shock for sure. Um, better quality of life, but I'd say um, discipline-wise, Marine Corps was a different animal. Did you choose to go to two three STS or I did play out? You did? Yes, awesome. I did. So Why? at the uh, at the time when I got out, my wife got stationed at Lackland. What's so your wife's AFSC? She was supply, and she did that for five years in order to get her master's, and then got out, and now she's a GS. So awesome, good for her. Yep. Why the two three? So just your wife kind of drove that decision, or that was the main decision. I didn't want to go overseas. Um, not really big into not being able to know what's going on around me. People speaking a different language. <laughs> we are a lot alike in a lot of ways. So um, I I definitely wanted to stay within the United States and um, it was between Hurlburt and um, Joint Base Lewis McCord. What was your experience like down there? Um, it was very good. I came in about six months before deployment. Um, had a former 2-4 um, troop chief who was my troop chief at the 2-3 when I first got there and um, he definitely hit the ground or had me hit the ground running and uh, pushed me in ways that I hadn't been pushed before mentally, which was different for me. How are the deployments there? Give me a, just choose one and give me the day in the life of Steven on deployment. Um, <laughs> so uh, AZRT deployment was stationed out in um, Ali Asalim, Kuwait. But um, the daily rundown would be a get up, work out, go get some food, go into work. Um, submit a million con ops, get them all denied, and then, um, you know, work out some more, and then end the day. And then every once in a while in there, you get one con op that gets approved, or you get a JTAC who would need, you know, a survey done for an operation that was coming up, and um, you'd get the call and get to go out to work. Did you ever get to deploy as a JTAC? I did not at the 2-3. So kind of cool, though. You do an AZRT, get your JTAC rating at the end of the deployment, and then kind of set you up. So where was the transition in your mind to, to get to the 724? Uh, when I got back, I knew that was something that I really wanted to do. I got some pushback from some former 2-4 operators that were at the 2-3 that were just saying, um, you know, maybe get your first JTAC deployment. Um, 
get a little bit more experience because we don't want you to go to selection and then become discouraged if you don't get picked up. But um, in my mind, it was something that I felt like I needed to do at that time. And that was a risk I was willing to accept. And I didn't have a lot of doubt that I wouldn't get picked up. Doubt's always there, but um, I was willing to accept that risk at that time to go try out. I want to foot stomp this point just because a lot of guys who are thinking about coming up here will hear this as well. But what would you tell those who are also getting those same um, kind of, hey, wait till you get some more experience in deployments? What would you reach out and tell all those folks right now? If you're comfortable in your core skills, if you're a confident person, you're mentally strong and you just lack a little bit of experience, I would say, you know, overcome that little doubt with that experience and give it a try. Yeah, I think the, that's well, very well said. I think I would add on to that. Just come get your experience here. Like if that's all that's holding you back, man, we'll get you all the experience you need. Uh, just do those other things. Those are great tips. Um, moving towards, so when you submitted your application and we ended up picking you up in the phase one board and I sent you the report and instructions and that 13 to 20 page document got in your inbox, uh, what was going through your mind? Um, I had mixed emotions at the time. It was uh, excitement, anxiety, and then uh, a little bit of fear of telling my wife that, you know, I'm moving forward with the process. Yeah, how was she dealing with this at that time? So um, we had talked about it before I had put in the package um, just to make sure we were on the same page and everything like that. And um, those were some long discussions. But eventually we came to some middle ground and um, she was okay with me putting in my package. Uh, when I told her that I had got past the first phase, uh, she didn't look too happy, but she said congratulations. So, um, yeah, it was rough, but I think over-communicating and being open and honest about what was going on uh, kind of helped ease the tension there. Really good info because I know a lot of folks struggle with it. And I say it in a lot of the recruiting briefs to the operators. I don't get to talk to spouses. I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I know that a lot of spouses have a lot of concerns about coming up here for a lot of different reasons, whether yes. it's the safety of their spouse, which I would argue I think they're safer here than anywhere else, or the area. Um, what would you tell if, if you're on stage talking to 100 spouses who have concerns? What is Stephen saying out there to them? As far as time away and everything like that, for me, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it is. So if you are coming from the community already, it's kind of along the same lines of what you should be used to if your uh, significant other is already on like a deployment cycle. Yeah, that's a great point. I think everybody thinks they're going to come up here and it's going to get worse. And we've crunched a lot of numbers over the last couple of years. And to be honest with you, it's almost exactly the same. Uh, I think what they will find up here is some stability in the schedule. Like you understand where your husband is going to be for the next 16 months. Um, and I would agree with that. What has your experience been like? We're going to get back to selection and um, OTC, but what's the experience been like since you graduated OTC a few months ago? Um, it's been pretty busy. So um, just integrating with um, my team, my Air Force team, and integrating with the Army team that I'm supporting, um, it's been a challenge. So I've been trying to learn all the new SOPs, um, 
meet the new people, get to know everybody, get checked in, and then uh, get straight into training. So it's busy, but it's not busy to the point where I'm neglecting my family or anything like that. It's definitely manageable and um, it's a good time. How was the reception at the army? It was uh, very welcoming. Was it? Good. It was. Awesome. So um, got over there, uh, checked in with my Sergeant Major and my um, troop commander and not shortly after had a training event and I think that kind of validated that I knew what I was doing and uh, the team leaders were very welcome to me jumping in on any of their training. And uh, I think they saw that I sought to get better and learn their ways, which made them feel comfortable with me doing more things with them. Awesome. And I would argue, and we'll get back to the OTC conversation, which hopefully made you um, at least comfortable in stepping into that environment and being successful. But let's step back to that 13, 20 page document that you got. You convinced the wife that, you know, I'm going to go out there and try out. So what was the mindset that you had as you're traveling up here and meet me at the crossroad at 2.30 in the morning? What's going through your head? Um, I couldn't tell you there were so many things going through my head. I was trying to play the game of, all right, what's going to happen? We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Um, I thought the process was very professional, so everything was straightforward in that package, and that almost kind of made it worse because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, they're telling us all this stuff, but it's going to be completely 180 out or something like that. But I was very focused on um, making sure that I presented myself in the best way possible. What would you uh, maybe offer as some tips to guys who are about to embark on that? Um, I would definitely say if you're at the point where you're getting ready to come up here, you know, um, get in a good mental state, like relax, be in a good place, um, you know, try to settle all your stressors or anything like that before you get up here, because all it's going to do is compound once you get here. But if you're coming up in a good mindset, um, everything is taken care of at home, then you should be successful. Moving forward with selection, um, once we met you at the four-way and the process was underway, just give me an overall summary of how you think the experience was for you, what you remember. I'd have to say it was very straightforward. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, the curtain getting lifted and you being thrown off. It's just being able to follow directions, being able to comprehend what's given to you and execute that awesome Uh, were you satisfied with how steven performed i would say um i was about 80 percent satisfied so i'd say um core skill wise i was satisfied satisfied um but physically i thought i could have done way better than i did at selection how how are you comparing that like so you say struggled physically maybe a little bit how are you comparing it just comparing it to others comparing it to your standards for yourself i was going off of my standards and how i perceive myself and i've always been more towards the top physically and what i wasn't thinking about was we're getting you know the best of the best are coming up here to join the best so you know that was a little bit of a mental stressor for me being around others who are at the same level, higher than I am, and I'm not performing at the same level that I'm at. 
It's a great point just to highlight that you're in an, in an environment, almost like the NFL Combine, where it's just the star players are coming. And now you are in the middle of that where, you know, at our other units, in our prior lives, um, we probably rose to the top in some of our professions. Um, but you come up here and you're surrounded by the best. So being in the middle sometimes feels pretty good. So that's a great point of guys coming up here and, and don't expect to necessarily be the top, be competitive, but just know you're surrounded by greatness. Explain some ways that guys were successful, some of the things that you saw in them that were making them successful. Not really comparing them to your actions, but what are some things that you saw, man, that that guy is probably going to get picked up and this is why? Um, a lot of the things that I saw were guys who took the time to process the information and then um, execute versus just listening and not really taking time to process and then executing. So um, a good example would be, you know, someone tells you to hit the ball over the right fence and you just hear hit the ball and you just go swing instead of taking that time to figure out how you're gonna actually do that, even if it's just a split second. But I think that's what makes guys successful, the guys who can adapt. And um, if they do make a mistake, correct it and do it right the second time. What was your low mental point? Um, one low mental point that I had probably throughout the duration of selection was that physical fitness standing. That, um, that bugged me a lot. So that would be in the back of my mind. And then um, every second where I had to myself, you know, like at the end of the night, that would be one of the last things on my mind um, every night. Uh, we didn't talk about an exfil. What was the experience like? Yeah, it was rough. Um, you want me to go into detail on this? Yeah, or? whatever. I'll cut it out if I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, they tell you to be ready to ruck, you know, a certain distance and all that. And, um, you know, what they don't tell you, but, I mean, you could probably figure out is that you're mentally exhausted at this point. You're physically exhausted at this point. And this is your last ditch effort to, you know, show them what you have before you go sit down and they're making their decisions based off of all the events that you've completed at this point. Yeah, kind of like the validation exercise. Like, exactly. this is it. Yep. So that, um, that crushed me. I mean, I was hurting pretty bad. Um, I felt like when the team events came, I don't know what it was, but I would get that burst of energy and uh, be able to contribute as much as I could on the team events. But when those individual events came, I would start and then gremlins would creep in my head and it would just snowball from there. So uh, it was definitely one of the better experiences I've had in my life, even though it was probably one of the worst like experiences because of how I performed, I felt. Um, but I did nothing but learn from that. And I think that kind of helped fuel me to do good throughout OTC. If you could go back in time and tell the Steven that's about to come up here, obviously increase your physical fitness prowess a little bit. What else would you tell him to, to be ready for when he comes up? Um, I would tell him to definitely be ready to have the mental game played with you. And, uh, have ways of coping and calming yourself down 
and uh, being able to move forward from it. That way you can accomplish the next task. Any event, you, we don't have to talk in depth or yeah. we can, it doesn't matter, but any event that you just walked away like, oh my God, that was horrible. Um, Xfil. Wow, what about it? Actually, it was probably Enfil. Enfil was, uh, yeah, it was Enfil, definitely. Um, I'd been alone for a while uh, prior to that, and, you know, some of those thoughts started seeping in, and um, I didn't have a lot of the tools that I got after um, to cope with that. And so going into it, you know, I'm putting out, but I'm still not getting the results that I'm expecting to get. And then it's just compounding event after event after event. And so, yeah, I was pretty, uh, that was probably one of the times I was at, at my lowest. What got you through it? How did you break through that and be successful? Um, I just told myself, I'm going to give everything that I have. Um, I'm not going to like let these thoughts dictate how I'm perceived. So you know, I just continued to press on, uh, continue to be the team player and um, help out where I could and use my strengths when I could. And then, you know, rely on the team to help me with my weaknesses when needed. Awesome. Let's transition. So you go back home to the two, three, um, you get your orders, you start preparing to come up to the organization for OTC. What's that process like for you right there? What are you dealing with? What's your mindset? What are you working on? Uh, um, so... When I initially got back, I was prepping for deployment. Um, I already had a face to place, ready to go. And um, then I got told about two weeks after I got back that I didn't need to go. So um, that kind of pissed me off a lot because I was expecting to get um, some JTAC experience on that deployment before I came up. Um, so my mindset was on deployment and then I had to shift gears back into like a training mindset. And um, honestly, I kind of got like pushed to the side cause I was kind of, they were like, hey, you know, you're going somewhere bigger, better. We need to focus on the guys who are here. So uh, setting up a lot of training and um, just trying to stay sharp on my skills while at the same time trying to figure out where I'm gonna live up there, what we're gonna do. Um, talking with the wife on what she wants to do as far as like um, work or not work and then finding a place for the kids for daycare, school. So it was a, uh, it was mentally challenging, but I felt like I had plenty of time to work all of that out and get everything settled before I came up. Looking back at the start of OTC and peak performance specifically, I'm focusing on the feedback from selection. What, what did that reveal? Was there any surprises in there from your peers? No surprises. Um, it was kind of along the lines of everything that I, I was tracking. Um, it was still kind of like, you know, a emotional moment because I'm hearing it from somebody else and it's not coming, you know, from me, but for me, that's good. I like to hear that kind of stuff because it just makes me want to be a better person and fix any type of uh, faults yeah, that I do absolutely. have. What were some of the things? We don't have to go in depth, but just what were some of the, the big highlights that they were telling you? Um, a big highlight, um, and this would be a theme throughout, was um, guys were worried that I was going to burn out. I was putting in too many hours. And I think that just comes from my upbringing and having to do a lot 
from a young age. And so I've just always continued on that path. But um, them highlighting that definitely helped me throughout um, Green Team because I think if I would have continued on that path, I probably would have gotten burnt out. Did, uh, give me just give me a brief summary of your OTC experience before we get any deeper. Like overall, looking back, what were some of the highlights? Um, some of the highlights were, I'd probably say that was one of the best teams that I've been a part of. Um, everybody there was motivated. Everybody there wanted to make the next person better. And um, we were all working towards a common goal of making sure that we all finished um, OTC. And so um, definitely that. And then it was by far the best core skills training that I've gotten to this date. Stick in that a little bit. Explain that from a combat controller's perspective or just from a tactical perspective? Or perspective? Uh, from a tactical perspective, I think um, with the time that was allotted, the cadre did a great job of making sure that guys kind of knew the basics up front. And then we branched off from there and went into our specialties. And then for the combat control side of the house, it was almost like STTS on steroids. You're going through your employment phases, you're going through your core skills, and then you culminate you culminate it at the end with the exercise. And um, you're getting the best advice from the guys who are doing it up here who are the best. And it just makes you a better person at your skills what are some of the things that your teammates like some of the positive things that you saw every day like this guy's doing these things and that's freaking just leading to his success um a lot of that was trying to solve your boss's problems i can sum it up like that uh, guys were leaning forward on getting things done um they were always helping out another teammate and um they weren't afraid to tell you how it was which i think helped our team out a lot. What are some, man, I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but what are some techniques that guys should do when they come up here? Because I would say we're all type A guys. Yes. All integrating with a bunch of type A guys in a pretty high stress environment eventually. So what are some techniques guys should just, are some good techniques you've seen? So being able to take critical feedback is by far number one. Like you said, we're all type A, you know, we don't like to be told we're wrong or we're doing something wrong. We're not acting a certain way, but then we, you do these 360 feedbacks and your teammates are telling you how it is and you start arguing or something like that. You're just, you know, you're separating yourself that much more from the team because everybody here is trying to get better. So that would be my number one piece of advice. And probably the only piece of advice someone would need is, you know, be able to take feedback, um, be in a good state of mind, and be receptive. That's awesome. I think if we can just, maybe this sounds a little um, softish, but every time somebody gives you feedback, they're giving you a gift because they didn't have to. They didn't have to write those things in the 360. I know y'all probably sat around and did verbal 360s, but they don't have to. They're doing it because they care about you. And if you can reframe it in your mind like that, I think it's going to make it a lot easier for folks. Describe the most difficult time you had in OTC. Um, most difficult time was probably getting up here and then um, right before we started realizing that I was going to be a team leader 
So um, it went back into that mentality of, hey, I'm an inexperienced guy as far as the Air Force side of the house goes. And um, there's controllers here, there's PJs here who've been doing this job a lot longer than me who have, you know, the ST skills down. And um, that was a challenge at first. But um, I had some good dudes around me who helped me overcome that and helped me balance to uh, be in that role successfully. How did you evolve personally in that leadership role? I think I definitely evolved my leadership style. Um, I know when I first came in, um, I was back to Marine Corps leadership style, 15 minutes early. Uh, if this isn't done this way, you know, do it again. And um, getting my initial feedback from my team, we sat down and did our own little feedback. I was given some advice to where, um, hey, you don't need to do everything. You know, you can loosen the reins a little bit at times. And that helped me develop myself as a leader and to be able to let others lead. And I think that's important for leaders is you're training the next leader. So you got to be able to step back. And that's where I had my problem was I never wanted to step back and let others take the lead at times. So dig into that. Why do you think that is? It goes back to the Marine Corps. We had some guys that were less motivated. And so I used to uh, find myself doing a lot of the things that I shouldn't be doing. And I think that's something that's just stuck with me where I'm given a task and instead of asking for help, I just try to complete that task on my own because I know it'll get done and get done right, so to say. It's a beautiful thing about OTC is, again, you're surrounded by incredible dudes who, if you're open to their feedback, they're going to develop you into the best version of you as you leave there. What advice, so those guys right now on OTC, there's four more team leaders, there's a couple of officers. What's, what's Steven's advice to them right now? Uh, my advice would be to get your heads together as all four team leaders, the O's, and come up with a solution together. No isolated planning unless it calls for it, but um, that's how you're going to get the best results for the team. And um, let your other guys lead. Let your two ICs, your three ICs, give them a chance to lead, and that will develop you because you're going to have to give out instruction guidelines and don't be overbearing on your guys like let them run with it let them fail and then correct from there but i think that's what's gonna develop them as good team leaders that's a really good segue into the relationship with the cadre because i think often we're trying to create a no-fail environment for ourselves when really otc is about stretching you to the limit so you can grow um what was that relationship with the cadre like for you going through it was very good. Um, they definitely will push you to try new things, get out of your comfort zone, and um, they're going to give you the best advice possible. So if you think you've got all the knowledge in the world and you come up here with that attitude like, oh, I know my job, I don't need any additional stuff, you're not going to grow. I mean, you might squeak by because you're good at your job, but if you're open to the cadre's suggestions, their TTPs, like you're going to grow exponentially. They um, really care is something that I noticed right off the bat. 
is that they want you to succeed. They want you to become better. They don't want you to just be the same person on day one and then at the finish. So it's very professional. Um, you know, there was time and place for everything. We'd go out to eat as a team. Cadre would come and, you know, you could kind of let your hair down per se and talk with them and stuff like that. But they kept it professional during training and um, I appreciated it. Can you give the environment, like, is it a yes sergeant, no sergeant environment? Like, what's the environment like? Because I think a lot of guys come up here and think it's going to be some pipeline course again. It is definitely not. Um, trying to think of how to say it's very professional. It'd be like you're in the team room with your, you know, I don't know how it is at the other units, but two, three, you know, leadership and the team guys had a really good relationship and it was professional but it wasn't overbearing so gentlemen i'd say gentleman like but i don't want to say a gentleman course because they will definitely get into you if you're doing something wrong and let you know about it and that's the whole point of this is to make you better and they knew how to draw that line and go back and forth between lifting a guy up when he needed it and beating a guy down to a point where it sunk in his head that he needed to get that point across. Uh, let's talk about work family balance because looking through some of your 360 comments from your guys, man, and you said it already, they, they were worried. They said, this is a star performer, but he probably needs to go home more. Yeah. Describe it, describe it from your point of view. So, um, that is still my biggest challenge to this day, and that is one that I've been working on, you know, taking chunks out at a time. But I feel like I get, like, this job is something that I'm really uh, passionate about, and things that I'm passionate about, I tend to put my all into. And so, um, you know, at the 2-3, it was really bad. I would spend hours after I should have gone home at work and um, you know it I didn't really realize how it was affecting my relationship with my wife at first but um, you know I started to realize that more and more and then once the selection um, conversation came up she, she was friends with a uh, spouse of a former um, operator up here and she was like oh man it's gonna be way worse and so, you know, that's when things really started to get bad. But um, I don't know. I just had to um, basically say I'm not going to take work home with me anymore. And when I was off work, like not look for extra projects because around here you can get done with one thing, start something else. You can always find something to do. And I mean, I think that's what the unit's looking for is guys who are willing to do work, but also who know how to draw it back and you know relax and not burn themselves out like I was down the path to do how did you how did you correct it uh, if that's even the right term so um, sat down with my wife and actually um, a couple teammates and um, we just talked about it like she asked what my priorities are and like my first and foremost primary priority is making sure you know my family is taken care of and that I'm there for them when they need me. So just reiterating that to her, like solidified it in my mind. And, you know, that's where I was able to kind of 
shift gears and be like, okay, I don't need to spend 16 hours at work if I don't need to. I can go home and, you know, not think about work, concentrate on my kids, concentrate on my wife. That way they stay with me for the duration of this journey. That's a great point. Now that you've transitioned over um, to the 2-4, what are you, a 5 or a 6 on the team right now? 6, I see. So a 6. So how are you managing it now? Are you going home earlier or you still got the mindset of, man, I've still got to get here and stay here and do some stuff? So I still have that mindset, but um, not as much. And I'm getting the work done that I'm tasked to get done. And then, um, you know, I'll take a little bit of time. I'll give myself 30 minutes, you know, sometimes an hour, depending on how early I'm getting off to sharpen up whatever I want to. And then I'm cutting it off and going home. That's a great uh, concept to employ. And I never did this, but maybe just setting a deadline. Like like you just said, 30 minutes or an hour after last call. And I'm going to tighten up my stuff. And then no matter what, I'm... Because the war ain't going to be won today. Exactly. It's a marathon. Yep. What tips would you give guys who are newly married, trying to come up and figure out the OTC family balance? And now, man, they're they're doing the same amount of training in three less months of time span. So, man, what are some tips? I would definitely say be open with your spouse. Um, You know, if you make it through selection and you get your schedule, you know, put that out there so they know they can plan around it and um, you know, expect there to be some rough times because I mean, they're always going to be there. So, you know, give your spouse some leniency if she's, you know, having a hard time and you know, you're getting ready to leave and you know, arguments come up and stuff, you know, you got to kind of sit there and take a step back and be like, okay, you know, I'm not here to help out as much as maybe I should be. And, um, you know, this is why she's getting mad. So um, definitely be open. And I would say for guys getting ready to put their package in, have the conversation with your significant other and make sure it's something that you're both okay with before you come up here. Because if you tell your spouse the day before you leave to come up for, you know, selection, hey, I'm going to assess for another place that does, you know, bigger, better things, and um, potentially I could be gone more, you know, that's not going to go over well. You'll come up here, you know, fresh off an argument, and that that stuff will creep up on you during selection. Any distractions? Um, I guess what I'm getting at is we up here, I keep saying in all the recruiting briefs, if our families are broken, we're just not effective. So we do everything in our power to try to keep families healthy up here. Uh any signs of that in OTC? How did y'all rally around somebody that was having problems? Like, what was that environment like? Um, definitely had a couple instances where that happened to a couple guys. And, um, you know, you're with these guys so much, you can tell when something's off. So, you know, guys would go over, talk to them, see what's going on, and just give advice. A lot of the um, older guys on team were sought after a lot by some of the younger guys to uh, give that family advice because guys were going through some rough times and uh definitely i'd say when you're on tdy you know carve out a little piece of time to sit there and just have a conversation with your your family you know that way they're kind of in the know of what's going on with you and what you're doing and i think that helps out keep them calm and not speculate on what's going on 
think that's great advice. Uh, you just triggered something else in my mind about OTC and the uniqueness. And I need to capitalize this more on recruiting trips too, but is it just a cadre mentoring guys on OTC? Like Def- you've got the best of the best from all the STs and RQSs there who are mentoring each other too. Explain some of that or at least give me some of your thoughts on that. Um, it definitely is not just the cadre mentoring. You know, you got – like you said, the best of the best coming, and then you got all different walks of, walks of life and guys who are motivated to getting better. So you got any problem, um, someone's probably experienced it on your team and has some ways to help you out with your problem. And um, that happened a lot on our team. And we would sit down and sometimes we'd have discussions as a team on someone, on one individual's issue and just give them advice and um, that's where that being receptive is, um, you know, key because everyone has their opinion and maybe someone's gone through what you've gone through and it might help you get through it. So um, I think our team was really good at that, at surrounding each other and um, making sure that everybody was, you know, had their stuff tight. Any experience with the post of staff that stands out during OTC and what would you suggest to the guys who are going through OTC now or in the future? I would definitely say to use them. Um, you know, the psych docs, the human performance strength coaches, um, everybody is there for you. So um, I would say for the guys who are going through OTC, definitely utilize them. It's not going to do anything but help you. It might take 5, 10, 15 more minutes, you know, to go sit down and have a conversation or go get something looked at, but it's definitely worth it in the long run. And it's all within arm's reach. Yeah, I think just getting guys over the hurdle of this is going to negatively affect something, really everybody's here to get you at peak levels as you step out to the operational side. I would agree, and I don't think we had that problem on our team. We had guys who would uh, reach out and – it's not like you're going to get dinged for being late to a brief because you're going to get worked on or you're seeking advice or you're trying to better yourself. So as long as you were up front and you just weren't AWOL, you know, there was no issues with seeking help. Yeah, I think that's a great point too. Just getting worked on, talking about with the physical therapists or athletic trainers of a lot of guys in the past would be worried about, I'm not going to go see him because that might get me removed off OTC. I would argue the other point. If you don't go see him, you probably will be removed off OTC. And I think that was the mindset um, on our team. So we had an incident, and um, gears definitely changed where guys were like, yeah, I need to go see them because uh, I might not get through this if I don't. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's it's just a beautiful situation to where they're not looking to deniff you. They're looking to do everything in their power to keep you off deniff. So exactly. You can- keep moving forward um give me your experiences with ben wellborn do you have many experiences with him going through otc i did um he came out to um a bunch of our training events actually and um he actually helped out a lot he gave me a bunch of uh coping techniques and um ways to keep myself calm in stressful situations so um an example of that was i brought up um for the controller side of the house you know every time i would hear troops in contact during a scenario, I instantly knew that I was physically having a reaction as long as well as mentally because I'd get hot, I'd start sweating, I could feel my heartbeat going. And even if I was in the calmest scenario, the sim- simulator, you know, and I heard troops in contact, my body would trigger that response. And um, Ben had a wealth of knowledge 
and gave me all these documents and different techniques on how to cope with that and how to overcome stressing myself to a point where I'm detrimental to my performance. So For those who aren't up here yet, Ben Wellborn is our um, sports psychologist, but really his goal, I like to call him a mental performance coach because that's what he focuses on is getting the operators to give them some tools and tips to get them over some of those hurdles and make them perform a lot better. Uh, did you have any access to that down at the 2-3? I did not. I think it's... So we had a psych doc. Um, yeah. We had our photos team, but um, it wasn't at the level that Ben was involved. So okay. he would come out to training. He would videotape us and then sit us down afterwards and be like, hey, look, did you guys see this? You know, look, that person's pretty stressed out right now. It's like you don't realize some of that stuff unless you see it, and he's telling you how to cope with it. Guys coming up to OTC, um, they just got selected. They're in that liminal stage of about to leave the rows back at their other units and about to come up to another organization to once again go through some training and feel like they're putting it on the line. What are some tips you can give those guys? Uh, just because you got selected doesn't mean uh, it ends there. Continue to sharpen your skills. Um, definitely seek opportunities to um, advance yourself in any way as far as quals go because it'll just help you out and your team out along the way. And um, like I said before, if you're married, um, talk it over with your spouse, like give her the expectations and um, let them know as much as you know, as early as you can. All right, Steven, any closing thoughts? Um, yes, I do have one. Um, kind of just with that last question, Definitely do a lot of soul searching before you decide to come up here. Um, they're looking for the right guys, and you know if you are or are not the right guy. And I cannot stress that enough because everybody up here is type A, wants to get after it, and I don't think there's any room for you know the person who just kind of wants to say they made it and then stop progressing. So. I'd say look within yourself, see if this is something you really want, um, you really desire to be up here, work among the best, and then make your decision on whether you're going to put that package in or not. I like it. That's a great piece of advice. I'd also, I think, add maybe seek feedback from some friends who will shoot you straight and just yep. say, man, do you think I, I possess those same traits as maybe a guy who could go up there and be successful? Definitely. Because we often judge ourselves, and sometimes that's a candy-coated picture we paint um, it's really good to get some critical feedback from some guys and just say what do I need to tweak maybe even before I go to selection um, to be more successful so when you I'm going to be open and honest with you and everybody that's listening yep. um, and you weren't our top pick clearly when you got done in fact we had a long discussion about Stephen of do we send him back and let him get better or come back and show us something else or, or not or go ahead and bring him up here and, and train him our way so coming up here to OTC, we figured, well, Steven's coming up, man. He's kind of the bottom third probably of the class. And then you pop number one coming out of OTC. Like just so everybody's listening, out of all the top performers that we bring up here, Steven was number one coming out of OTC. So make that make sense for me. I mean, I don't know how to make that make sense to you because – you know, in my mind, there's still guys that I was working with who I believe, you know, some of the best that I've worked with in all of my military career. But um, 
I think it just comes down to, you know, putting the team first, first and foremost, making sure you're solid on your skills, and then just being an all-around good person. I think those are the three things that um, I can say for myself that I focus on to try to make myself and the team successful. Outstanding. Steven, I sure do appreciate you coming to do this. This is going to be valuable beyond measure. And I um, appreciate you, you taking out the me. time. But. All right, man. Let me take one final chance to thank Stephen for coming over and dropping some knowledge bombs on us today. And a larger fact of him just giving back to the organization at large and helping those coming up behind him learn from his experiences. All right, y'all, that is the podcast for this week. This is the Insight Through Experience podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes.